Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The show, sponsored by Straight Realty, your St. Louis area experts. Why pay more than four? 314-441-4444. Well, here we are. friends to the show that never ends. <laughs> this is The Show. Now, Amy Marks Kors, Chris Ranji on KMOX. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where'd they go? They're not here. What? They must have a day off. Why, what the heck? I think everybody's got a day off. There's hardly anybody anywhere. Welcome to the first edition of the show for 2023 on KMOX. Amy and Chris do have a play day, but I'm sure they'll be back uh, tomorrow. You can put up, I hope, with me today. I'm Johnny Rabbit, your radio guide till one. I hope you will, too, enjoy our six specially selected guests and what they have to say. We'll talk about a St. Louis neighborhood that vanished, vanished, much like you might see in a science fiction movie. Vivian Gibson, who witnessed her world disappear and documented in a book called The Last Children of Mill Creek is going to appear here in a couple of moments. At how long is a moment, Vivian? What is a moment? Less than a minute. Less than a minute. Okay, well, I better hurry up. At 10.30, Steve and Lisa St. Pierre will tell the tale of a still little-known restaurant called the Have a Cow Cattle Company. Coincidentally, it's on Lafayette, just a little bit south of Mill Creek. Their philosophy is love your enemy. Hmm. You'll enjoy the story in the place itself, I know. At 11, it's a visit with St. Louis Queen of Cuisine, Suzanne Corbett who wrote such books as Unique Eats and Eateries of St. Louis, for which I did the introduction, and The Gilded Table about food history in the 19th century in St. Louis, centered at the Campbell House Museum. We'll look into the dining habits of the past and what's going to happen in the future. Next at 11.30, a cavalcade of sports with St. Louis's top sports authority, Ed Wheatley, to talk about teams, managers, owners, sports writers, and broadcasters from over the years, and the St. Louis Browns fan club that continues to grow. And Ed will tell about his latest book coming out soon for kids about the Cardinals and about the Sports Hall of Fame luncheon at the MAC in March. At noon, we won't play Where's Waldo, but we will play Where's John Brown. We saw him day in and day out for years over a couple of stints at KTVI Channel 2. And his St. Louis and Missouri themed books are actually big sellers, but he's not here anymore. Except for today in the show in KMOX, we'll let him tell the story where he is and what he's doing. And I know he's going to talk about life in St. Louis and what the future may bring. Then at 12.30, stop the presses for true crime stories of the past in St. Louis. As reported in the Post-Dispatch by our guest Tim O'Neill, who even wrote a book about it called Mobs, Mayhem, and Murder, Tales from the St. Louis Police Beat. You think we got a lot of crime today? Well, we do, but it's nothing new. 
and he will be wearing a mask, of course, not a COVID mask, but a witness protection mask. As the announcer used to say in the opening in the transcribed mysterious traveler radio program of long ago in the mutual broadcasting system heard in St. Louis and KWK, we hope our show today will thrill you a little and chill you a little. So we welcome Vivian Gibson. Here she is. Welcome, Vivian Gibson. You look great. You look, you're in good spirits, aren't you? I am definitely in good spirits. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Uh, our first guest of the new year. Think of that. Uh, I want you to tell us, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but uh, what life was like in a neighborhood called Mill Creek or the Mill Creek Valley, which was, what, 454 or something acres? It's, yes, uh, yes, about 460 of the of the demolished section of it. Uh-huh. I've, almost everything was demolished. Just about everything was demolished. There is some uh, dispute about exactly what the boundaries were. Yep. So uh, that's why I, I clarified that. Way. So what, what, in your opinion, you live there, you're a part of Mill Creek. Yes. You're still part of Mill Creek. You're right in Mill Creek right now where you live. I'm, I'm very close. I'm very close to the uh, train tracks that I heard uh, trains uh, on <laughs> in the middle of the night uh, as a child, and I still hear them in the middle of the night. I live right Next to the train. That's tracks. interesting. Yes. I, well, then you get to relive your your childhood. Yeah, it's a wonderful memory. It's it's, it's my white noise. Yep, I guess it would be. No, what about the 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 book? I've got the book right here, and I've mm-hmm. told so many people about this book, The Last Children of Mill Creek. Now, this came out a couple of years ago. It came out in uh, April of twenty twenty, and it's still going strong. So you did a reprint, and now I did a reprint, and I'm about to do a second reprint. And it's available, you know, at all self-respecting bookstores. And there are a lot more. You know, there are a lot more people selling books today than if this were two years ago. Yeah. A lot of stores close. A lot of people say, ah, books are passe. They're not yeah. going to be read anymore. But, uh, you know, the, in reading, if you have not read this book, and I hope you do get it, The Last <laughs> Children of Mill Creek, it's a story that could easily be made into a movie. I hope so. Do you think there's a possibility? Have you looked into it? Has anybody contacted you? No one's contacted me. I hope if we keep talking about it like we are today that somebody will. I I hear that so frequently. Even my brother says, when it's a movie, I want Denzel Washington to play my role. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. uh, Your family's name is? My family's name was Ross. R-O-S-S. R-O-S-S, the Ross family. And there is an exhibition at the History Museum? Named the Ross family. It's uh, it's been at the History Museum for just about twenty years now. Wow. Uh, I w- I'm shocked because uh, a permanent exhibit is really expected to be about five years, mm-hmm. and so they've renewed it three times uh, because it's still very very popular. And it's a composite of our three room home in Mill Creek, where ten of us lived in three rooms. Hmm. Now, was this a single family dwelling, or it was a two family dwelling? My grandmother owned the house, but she lived on the second floor in two rooms, and she rented out her front room uh, to a roomer. That's what we called uh, boarders in sure. those days; were roomers. Uh, and my my family, my parents, and eight children lived. On the first level, wow. and sometimes in the basement. Oh, I can imagine. Yep. Yes. And these, how, what, how, what was the age of the house in which the you house lived? was probably built in the nineteen, I mean the eighteen eighties, around that time. So those homes were built without a lot of indoor plumbing, certainly no uh, bathrooms. Uh, sometimes they were jerry rigged to uh, 
put commodes under the basement stairs or sure. the second floor stairs, that which was the case for us. But many people had still had outhouses. In 1959, when they demolished it, there were still people in St. Louis downtown with outhouses. That is amazing to mm-hmm. think about. It really it's not is. not that far away. No, not, <laughs> not at, and geographically from where we are in the history, too. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, we talked about the acreage, but let's talk about the people. How many people were displaced? I mean, basically everybody was displaced. Everybody in that 460 acres was displaced except for four buildings, uh, um, none of them residents, most of them uh the four of the four churches, uh, a couple of warehouses, uh, and uh, a school, a high school, which was Vashon High School at the time. But there were twenty thousand people who wow. lived in that community, community, and was displaced. Then displaced. How did it happen? I mean, I know it's, uh, it was so-called urban renewal project, yes. which. Uh, I believe was the largest one in the United States. That's what uh, Mayor Tucker at the time said. It was the largest urban renewal project. It was certainly one of the first. So uh, if there were mistakes made, we made them first, I'm sure. Um, It was a segregated community uh, and an older community in downtown St. Louis. And so it certainly did have its problems. Um, But a lot of that, those problems were because of neglect of, and people being segregated to and relegated to a specific community, which was the case for our family and our neighbors and our community. But within that community, we had that real sense of support and love uh, that is required to nurture these children in that neighborhood, which I'm uh, I was, I'm one of. Yep, you are. And you yeah. walked to school. There were no busing walked, then. You walked were... to school. I didn't have a, a lunch at school until high school. Oh. <laughs> so we walked to school. Uh, and again, because it was a segregated community, many of our teachers, our pastors, our doctors, all the professionals lived right there in the community. So we really had a, a role models to even look up to and, and institutions, the churches and, and the businesses that... Uh, uh, so I'm reluctant to say anything good about segregation except that we had an opportunity to be exposed and to be hopeful. And as far as the buildings, the residential buildings, were most of them independently owned or were there a lot of co- companies or real estate companies that owned large tracts of property? I think there were lots of individuals and real estate companies that owned uh, those properties. Black people in those days probably had the lowest level jobs, the lowest pay, and many of them could not afford to purchase homes, even uh, at those prices. Uh there are reports that I've seen uh, out of uh, Washington U's archives of the city that showed that 80 percent of the residents were owned by whites as opposed to the black people who lived in that neighborhood. 80 percent. 80 percent. That's large. The Washington U archives. How do yeah. people access that? Mayor Tucker's that? papers. I got Oh, them. okay. Yeah. So you can find those. That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about the the acreage, which is Pretty hard to picture, but boy, what were the, in your opinion, mm-hmm. uh, the geographic boundaries? What was on the on the west? Yeah, the most recognized uh, and quoted boundaries were uh, Grand Avenue uh, going east, which is basically Washington, uh, St. Louis University. I'm sorry, St. Louis University. Uh, if you go to the intersection of Grand and Lindo, you go east, Lindo turns into Olive. 
and you go as far east as 20th Street, which brings you to just about Union Station. If you go south then to the railroad tracks that runs parallel to uh, Highway 6440 and come back up, you can come up Shoto uh, to Grand again, and you have about 460 acres. We're going to find out in a couple of minutes from our guest, uh, Virginia uh, Vivian Gibson, the last children of Mill Creek, her book. Uh, Vivian is going to uh, have some more things to tell us and tell us about the book and things that she is doing. What uh, She doesn't just come on the radio and just talk about <laughs> the book. She does a few, a, a lot of other things as well. And we're going to talk more about that on this real-life story that happened right here in St. Louis. And a lot of people are too young now to remember Mill Creek and what might have been there. We'll talk some about that, too. I really recommend uh, tuning in for the uh, last half of our program and getting the book. Where was Mill Creek uh, located? We've covered that. Uh, and the name, of course, was for the Mill Creek Valley for an actual creek, was it, it was not? was an actual creek that belonged to uh, August Shoto, uh, and um, it was... Uh, drained because of a cholera epidemic about the middle of the 1800s. Sure. That's that, another big story. Well, we'll be right back. This is the show filling in for the normal people who are here. I am Johnny Rabbit. We are on KMOX. News, talk, sports. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. And this is Johnny Rabbit. We are here for the show today and showing us a lot of the past. It's interesting. I can see the past. When I talk to Vivian Gibson, I can actually picture the places, wow. picture the buildings, the, the theaters uh, in, in Mill Creek. But they're not there. People haven't seen them for for years. You want to see a lot of them. They're, I would really recommend when it reopens sometime this month, the Missouri Historical Society Library and Archives, mm-hmm. 225 South Skinker. Uh, and... I'd, when, I wouldn't recommend just walking in and say, I want to see pictures of Mill Creek, contacting them ahead of time. They're, just call the number in the phone book. It, it, are, there aren't phone books anymore, though. No, there's no, no phone well, books anymore. <laughs> you can go online. It was funny because Debbie Monterey was doing a segment before about the telephone museum mm-hmm. uh, down at uh, the JB area. Uh, so Vivian Gibson is here, and the book, you know, we talked about the book going in at the first, the, the second, now the third printing. So there's a great interest, an interest not just of people who grew up in that period of time, but of yeah. other ages as well. Yeah, it's fascinating to me, the the, the range of uh, readers and, and the interest. I uh, talk a lot to uh, book clubs and of all ages and all kinds, but I'm really fascinated that Teachers and schools and students are uh, really gravitating to the book. Um, John Burroughs School uh, last semester notified me and said that they're, they were going to teach my book over mm. a two-week period to seventh, seventh graders. Wow. This, for years, they've taught Raisin in the Sun, and this year they uh, substituted my book, and I just learned that they're going to do it again. So that's very fascinating, and I had a chance to go and talk to those students who read the book, talked about it, analyzed it for over a two-week period, and then had all kinds of assignments and projects that they did based on reading the book. So that's incredible. That is incredible. That's wonderful. And did some of the projects include coming to the area, do you know? Well, there's nothing to see, so it's almost like a project to have a virtual tour uh, of the area, which is one of the things that they did. They wrote poems. They wrote stories. They did podcasts. They did migration projects where they um, 
looked at their own families and where their families came from and where they ended up be living in, in St. Louis and that sort of thing. So there are all kinds of uh, projects that students do, do I, I can do. I talk to kids all the time, and this year I'm going to be talking to teachers in St. Louis Public Schools and training them on how to teach this book. So that's just fascinating. <laughs> that's fascinating. <laughs> you, you mentioned that they are doing podcasts. Have you done a podcast? I've not done a podcast. Uh, I'm interested in it. I don't know how to do it. I've taught myself a lot about the Internet, but certainly not podcasting yet. But who knows? Right. Who knows? I mean, if, I, I don't know how to do a podcast. I would just see a note here I was going to mention later that I am on a podcast. I didn't do it. It was done by KCUR, mm -hmm. Public Radio in Kansas City. And the story is why they wanted to do this in Kansas City, St. Louis-style pizza, <laughs> a history of pizza. And it's a, I, it's a long podcast. It's yeah. all printed out, and you can hear the whole thing and see the pictures. I'm, I don't even know how people find it. Yeah. I know this. I can tell you how to find this pizza one. It's go to Hungry for Mo, M-O for Missouri, <laughs> Hungry for Mo slash pizza. And if you want to find out about the history of St. Louis pizza, so you know, maybe something you can yeah. do uh, to embellish the book. Of course, there's Absolutely. no income coming from it. You can... You can't. I don't believe there would be, but from a podcast, from a podcast, who knows? Maybe I don't maybe know. Maybe a sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, but I've done all kinds of uh, ways of um, promoting this book that I hadn't imagined when when the book was written three years ago. Or yeah, promoted. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, you well, you're promoting it right now. I'm promoting it right now, and, and I'm I, sure you have other places to. I am booked through April already. It's oh. incredible. This week, I'm here to kick off 2023, and later this week, I'll be at the Kirkwood Public Library. Oh, and we should mention that I am the Missouri Library Association's Author of the Year, which is wow. also incredible. That is incredible. That's wonderful. <laughs> what an honor. Kirkwood, when is that going to be? At the That's Kirkwood? going to be Thursday evening at 6.30 in the evening at the Kirkwood Public Library on Jeff on South Jefferson in Kirkwood. So what do you do? Dave? What, what is the, your show or presentation? And how long is it? It's usually uh, an hour, including questions and answers. I have a slide presentation. Oh, good, good. Depending on the audience, I, I adjust the slides to uh, talk about Mill Creek, to talk about the books. Uh, depending on the interest of the group, I might have an urban studies slant. I might have a writing slant to, to what I present, but certainly... Um, it's a kind of book that has readers of just at coming from every direction. I just am amazed. If somebody asks you, uh, Vivian, what about writing a book? I've got a book I want to write. What do you suggest doing? Write it. Mm -hmm. uh, I suggest <laughs> reading. Reading, you know, I, I do not have a background in creative writing. I am uh, an avid reader, however, and I think reading books... Uh, is probably a first start if you want to write a book. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does make sense. It sounds simplistic, but it does make sense. So I read and then write. Write what you love. Write what you remember. Write what you believe. Um, I think that's what you do. And just get it down and don't worry about editing or anything. Get the information down. Get the feeling down. Get the tone of what you want to write. And then the rewriting is where the real writing happens. 
Yep, and everything has to be rewritten. Yes. All the time. You know, you, I don't know if you notice. I've got a lot of notes yes. here. And how many changes I have made since I've <laughs> come I in. I understand completely. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a minute or so, but there is a monument, I understand, to Mill Creek. Yes. Where, where is that? How can people see it? And what is it? Well, we have a new stadium, If for those who don't know, a new soccer stadium on Market and 20th Street. And uh, there is... And Market and 20th Street happens to be right in the center of what was historically Mill Creek Valley. And the um, St. Louis Soccer, uh, City Soccer Association has uh, brought in a young uh, artist to sculpt the most beautiful uh, monument for Mill Creek Valley. It includes actual outlines of houses and residents hmm. that were in the block between 20th and 21st Street. There are 12-foot-high granite pillars with quotes from former residents, and uh, I hope everybody goes to see that. So what it's a, a wonderful idea. monument. It yes. really is. Well, Vivian, thank you very thank much. Thank you. Good to see you again. Hope to see you soon, and uh, come and see her yourself. Kirkwood Public Library this Thursday, 6.30, about an hour, yes. uh, hour talk. So, uh, now you're going to go back to Mill Creek, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because in a way, it's still there. It's still there. If I'm there, it's there. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. This is the show. This is Johnny Rabbit for Amy and Chris and KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app, 
Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's men's Billikens basketball Wednesday night as they take on UMass. Catch the action here. Pre-game 617. Tip at 630. On your home for Billikens basketball. KMOX. It's Johnny Rabbit. We are here at your service on the show on KMOX. Uh, Amy and Chris got out a day off. I don't know what they're doing. We'll find out tomorrow, I'm sure. I, I would imagine Amy is walking somewhere. She's very good at that. Uh, we have a cow. Well, not a real cow. It's the Have a Cow Cattle Company owner, operator, along with his wife, Lisa, Steve, St. Pierre. And I don't even know how I, I found your place, but I found it. Somebody talked about it. And I thought, Have a Cow Cattle Company? What the heck? What What is it? What, well, I and uh, our uh, guest that you were just speaking with, Vivian Gibson, she was there. She she said it was lovely. She also liked the brick wall outside in the patio area because it <laughs> reminded her of all the old buildings. And well, uh, well, welcome. First off, is he, you're closed today. We're no, we're open. You're today. open. Yeah, in They're fact, there? Uh, I just got a text that we're out of tables. So. Uh, <gasps> Things oh have gosh. been good, but uh, that means there's a lot of stress on Lisa, who couldn't be here today. Yeah, I guess not. If you're, I had no <laughs> idea. I, well, that's this, this is going to be a good day for you then. I hope so. Uh, the restaurant is located at 2742 Lafayette. That's right. What is it, like a block and a half west of Jefferson, south side of the that's street? That's right. Yep, west. Um, is it a new building? Yes, we built the building. Why did you decide on that location? Yeah, so uh, kind of, I don't know if you know the whole uh, concept of what we're trying to do, but uh, we picked that location due to kind of our underlying theme of of uh, being a place where people from all different uh, places in the city can come together. And we, we would call that this place a no man's land. It's it's uh, It's got a wide variety of folks living there. Um, uh, so I live uh, north of Del Mar up Goodfellow, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a neighborhood that's uh, just rustling, a lot of uh, violence and mess. Yes, there is, in and, the uh, no doubt. But we want those folks to be able to come, and we want people from Clayton or Ladue or other places to come and feel safe. Feel and, safe, feel welcome. That's right. That's 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 what we're shooting for. I noticed a phrase on your website that says, love your enemy. Yeah, yeah, that actually comes, well, it's from Scripture, but uh, the the reason uh, it's there is I had a conversation with a young man in my neighborhood who would have said he was a blood, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, my neighborhood is predominantly crip, and uh, we were having a conversation about um, he he had his weapon and just kind of said, uh, he ran with a weapon, and his buddies do because they they don't they can't get jobs. And I my response was just that. Well, there's a secret to getting and keeping jobs, and we had a conversation about loving enemies. And uh, he said, I don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and I said, Well, if you uh, step out of my door and one of your enemies, a a crip or uh, a guy that looks like me, or uh, Somebody else that you consider an enemy is standing there. Um, you take your history with me, and you it counts, but you set it to the side in that moment, and you serve me, and you treat me out of the moment. And he said his response was, that's just crazy. So uh, that's why we named it Have a Cow, because don't have a cow, 
right? When I was a kid, and I guess Bart Simpson made it popular as well, <laughs> yeah, but right. it means don't be crazy, calm down. And so we're saying, well, if loving your enemy is crazy, then then have a cow. Have a cow. Well, now, That's where right. does a cattle company come in? Yeah, so uh, in that same conversation and really coming out of that conversation, uh, I was challenged uh, by some folks to start something that would be a place where people could model loving your enemy and also calling others to love your enemy. And then the second challenge was to do things I had never done. Um, because as I walked and worked with some of the young men and women running in this neighborhood, uh, his primary uh, kind of charge to me was he had no opportunity because he didn't know how to do anything. No one had showed showed him how to do stuff. And hmm. I said, well, you know, you learn. It's not that you can do anything. There's things I can't do, but I can try to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as you try, that's where you learn. And you fail and you get up and either say, I, I can't do this, or, or you, you, you try again. And uh, so he challenged me to do things I'd never done. And um, as I thought about have a cow and this whole idea that kind of came together, it uh, really coalesced around um, cattle. And uh, I've never had cattle, never. <laughs> I've always lived in cities, big cities. And, uh, and I've never run or had a restaurant. Uh, and so those two ideas kind of came together. I thought, well, heck, I'll, I'll raise cattle and uh, bring those cattle, that beef, back to the restaurant for burgers and chili and whatever. And, uh, and then also the idea was to create as many jobs as possible. So the cattle ranch, the restaurant, we have retail items in the store. Uh, we roast our own coffee and uh, we raise bees for honey and we sell that honey. And so I, my original idea was to kind of put people over all of those things. Um, so, yeah, that's how have a cow came together in the cattle. Wow, what a story. When are the, the honeybees, where are they? Are they at the restaurant? So they are now at the restaurant. They were uh, in my backyard in, up Goodfellow, and uh, that always brought a lot of uh, good comments from my neighbors. Like, what the heck? And I have chickens there as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but I moved those hives out to the farm. So they're out there now. Now, where is the farm? The farm is down 44 north of Cuba, Missouri, in a town called Owensville. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're 10 miles north of Cuba and 10 miles south of Owensville on 19. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I have uh, 40 producing females. So when you ask people how many head they have in their herd, you're really asking how many producing females they have. I see. Um but that equates to about 100 animals on the farm. That's pretty big. It, it's uh, bigger than, well, like I said, I've never done it. So I'm having a cow, having a lot of I them. I bet you are. <laughs> now, <laughs> when, do you go there every day? Or? Uh, I go there three days a week, uh, three or four, and my uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays and Sundays. I'm out there making sure everyone has what they need to drink and no one's hurt and uh, – yeah. And who takes care of the place when you're not there? Do you have a ranch No, hands no, or? it's just me. So it's Gee. beef cattle and, and wow. you know, they're out grazing. And uh, as long as your fences hold up and <laughs> you got to keep them off the road. 
Uh, but, well, you're uh, at three different locations, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Owensville, uh, Goodfellow. Goodfellow and what? What's the closest? Goodfellow and Maple, so five oh, blocks yeah. north of the Loop. Yeah, yeah it's the Etzel Hodemont neighborhood, and we've been there about 16, 17 years now. Now, what about the, the, the restaurant, the Have a Cow Cattle Company on Lafayette? What is that neighborhood? That's called the Gate District. Yeah, and uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful neighborhood. A uh, lot of new uh, uh, architecture, buildings coming, uh, and we're one of the first restaurants. There's a, a, a couple of other little cafes, and, yeah, very exciting. No, it is exciting to, to do this. And then have, when did you start? So I started the ranch in 2017 and thought, well, heck, I can figure the cattle out in a year or two. And uh, and then the idea was to open the restaurant in the end of 19. Well, we all know what happened in 19. As COVID started to come to reality, uh, we were already behind a little bit on our construction project. And uh, then t- then 20, things got bad, and we got way behind. And we didn't get the restaurant open until 2021. So uh, in January of 21, we're coming up on oh, two uh, the end of two years. Yeah, wow. the, this month. Uh, so, yeah. How do people find out about the place? I mean, I don't even know how I found out about the place. I mean, I have no idea. Is it, do you advertise? Is it word of mouth? Yeah, it's really word of mouth. Of course, we have a website, but, uh, you got to have the word out there to people to go for the website. Uh, we just, people started coming in and spreading the word. We, we've got good Google reviews and Yelp reviews and, uh, we have regular travelers. We're just one block off of 44 and, what, maybe four or five blocks south of 6440. Yeah, it is a very yeah, good location. So a lot of good connections there and and uh, just off of 55 as well. So, um, so, yeah, people that are traveling through, look us up on Yelp or Google, come in. We have breakfast and lunch. Oh, what a great breakfast. Yeah. The, the omelets, they're gigantic. <laughs> and I'll tell you, those hash browns, those cubed hash browns, I used to say that the best ever were at the Toddle Houses. Toddle, uh, do you remember Toddle yeah, House? Sure. Uh, there were several locations. Gosh, their hash browns were good. Yours are better. Well, I love hearing that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're wonderful. I tell everybody, get the hash browns, whatever else you get. And then the hamburgers, are. Uh, I mean, they're incredibly good. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that all that love that goes into that beef. <laughs> How many people care. work at the restaurant typically? Uh, so I think right now I have about 16 employees. Um, and, uh, yeah, about 16. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And uh, they, I've never they, worked as hard as I've worked right no, now on a, in a no. restaurant. They, these people work full-time, basically? Uh, the majority work full-time, and then we have some part-timers. Uh, we're ta- we're, we're um, counter-service, so we're not... We don't really have waiters and waitresses. The front of the staff just brings your food and buses your table, and the back of the staff provides the provides all the food. So you just come in. There's menus right there. You come up to the counter. Steve, you're usually there. That's right. I try to be there as much as possible, or Lisa, my wife, and uh, we both uh, just our goal is to welcome you and uh, to make sure you have everything you need for a good experience. And, it, and the, our goal is also just... It's, there's no frou-frou food in that way, but just solid, just solid food. Great. We'll be back in just a few minutes talking about a restaurant that is righting the wrongs of injustice. Now, there is a new concept on KMOX.
The show, sponsored by Straight Realty, your St. Louis area experts. Why pay more than four? 314-441-4444. This, this is the show. The show continues on KMOX. With yours truly, Johnny Rabbit, in the studio we have Steve Saint-Pierre from Havocow Cattle Company. If you missed the address, 2742 Lafayette. The Gate District, he's right between 40 and 44, about a block and a half west of Jefferson. Easy to find. Always, I've found parking around there pretty easy every time. I realize every time I've been there. But now you see the tables are all full. You have no more room. That's Wait. right. So parking might be a challenge <laughs> right this second. But, how, many, uh, how many tables do you have? Uh, let's see. We can seat 74 people. Inside? Yeah, inside. Uh uh, that's a good question. <laughs> and outside, it's probably, I guess, are you Yeah, open? outside we have uh, really endless seating, but we have a large patio with a little pond and, um, yeah, just a, a really nice space. We're talking about the philosophy of justice and peace, love, respect, dignity for everybody, for everybody who comes there, for the staff, the people who work there, for the customers, the entire operation. It's an, an interesting philosophy. Did that? I mean, is there another restaurant oper- that you know of operating with, under this philosophy? Well, maybe I would say they all uh, attempt to serve folks and welcome folks. So they, maybe it's uh, never necessarily implied, but it's there or it's implied. Um, but our my whole thing comes out of... Uh, just working in North St. Louis, uh, I used to work for a not-for-profit, and one of the young men that I met uh, there, um, he was 12 when I met him. His uh, his mother was bedridden. His older 16-year-old brother uh, had just been shot and killed, mm. and uh, that was his father figure. He didn't know his father, and... Um, the his brother was running with one of the gangs in the area, and uh, the gang actually came to his house, uh, and in that way surrounded this widow, and uh, this fatherless boy, and uh, told him that hey, we understand your brother uh, took paid the rent. Well, now we're going to pay your rent, and um, I come at this from a Christian standpoint, and uh, have said that in a lot of churches that that happened, and there's always a collective gasp, like wow that. They care for one oh, another. Right. And uh, my response, though, is, and they did pay the rent for a few months and then eventually didn't. But uh, my response is, what gang should have been in that household of this woman and her son uh, before this point? If if uh, we're the ones that talk about loving enemies, we, we need to be there. So that justice piece is for me, whether it's in the restaurant or wherever we are, to just bring to expression for others good. And it's that simple. You don't have to tell them <laughs> your morality. Just bring to expression for people good and serve people. And that's that's our goal. That's a great goal. And you're living up to that goal as well, That's that, which is wonderful. Now, some good days and some bad. <laughs> well, isn't that? That does happen once in a while. Like you saw our construction here. <laughs> People wouldn't, our listeners wouldn't believe what has gone on. And then not, fortunately, not in the studio side of our operation, but over in the sales and other other end of it. 
I mean, it's total destruction from water main. There are people working, and you have to go through a zipper thing to get in. Oh, it's it's just it's terrible. So you have to live through the bad. That's right. The good is always there somewhere. You have to find it sometime. The menu now. I've talked about hamburgers and omelets and hash browns. What else do do people get a lot? Yeah. Um, well, our best selling breakfast is called the bunkhouse breakfast, and it's uh, eggs and uh, a choice of meat side and. Um, Potatoes and pancake. Oh, yes. Pancake. Yeah, and those pancakes are really good. Gigantic. They are gigantic, and people love them. Uh, Of course, we have a number of different sandwiches. My daughter's actually a vegetarian, so she made sure we had vegetarian options. Uh, We have a roasted veggie panini, and Hmm. we have a chicken sandwich as well. We have huge salads uh, that you can pick three or five toppings on them and add protein uh, just just a lot of different options. We have a full coffee bar. Uh, and you, what about the coffee? Yep. Uh, well, we roast the coffee, and uh, and we actually sell our roasted beans. Um, and uh, it's I think it's delicious. <laughs> I bet it is. And what about tea? You have a lot of different types of tea. Yeah. So we uh, get our uh, tea from a company out of Alabama. But they uh, have a number of different teas, and uh, it's 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 really good. Suzanne Corbett has just arrived. Have a seat, Suzanne. Hey, She's just Suzanne. here. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year to you. I'd like to introduce you to you. have not met? No, we haven't met. Oh, that's Steve St. Pierre. This is Suzanne Corbett. Nice, nice to, meet, to you. meet you, sir. <laughs> and you talk about food. I mean, I see it's fantastic. When it comes to food in St. Louis, well, you got to go to Suzanne Corbett. Not just for... Uh, Good dining places, but also you teach. You uh, teach cooking, I assume. I teach. I do foodways interpretation. I write about food. I travel for food. And better yet, I love to eat. <laughs> Me too. That makes a difference. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Now, if I remember right, it's Have a Cow. Is have that? a Cow Cattle Company. Yep. Oh, boy. I love my <laughs> cows, particularly steers, medium rare, and That's on my right. plate with or without Horseradish sauce. Medium rare is the right choice. <laughs> well, you know, most of the time I like rare, If but, but if I'm feeling a little more genteel, I'll order medium rare. Yes, sir. So now you, you've got to go to the restaurant sometime. Yes, I do. I They're do. there every day but Sunday. Great. 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Well, That's I'm right. hungry, so maybe I'll roll out of here and go down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds And it's good. not that far. It really, you know, it's it, eight it, minutes it, from here, from downtown. <laughs> I mean, it's a very convenient location, which is really great. It's not, and it's in the city, which I think is very nice too. You could have gone elsewhere, could have gone out of the city or somewhere else. I, Suzanne, what what is your favorite place to eat right now? Do you have a favorite, like right now? If I had to go to the best place that I that I really wanted to go to. Did you have? Do you have one in mind? Oh my goodness! It depends on what I'm hungry for. What are you hungry for right now? What am I hungry for right now? Well, right now a burger sounds pretty good because I'm talking I'll to say. a beef man here. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, a, a beef, a beef burger sounds really, really good. Uh, it just depends. You know, sometimes yeah. I'm craving a hot dog. It's hard to beat a ballpark hot dog. Uh, chicken, hodaks. My goodness, you can't you can't beat that in Southern also. I love just anything I can put on my plate. Ah, that's and good. I love to discover new restaurants that embrace old-style food, mm-hmm. comfort food, classic foods, foods you kind of forgot about are just, just not as trendy, but I'm seeing those trends are coming back. 
for the old kind of stuff that grandma, or in most cases now great-grandma made. Oh, yeah, that's true. And it is coming back. Well, we'll talk more with you, Suzanne, in just a few minutes. Suzanne Corbett will be our next guest on the show. This is Johnny Rabbit. Oh, and I forgot to ask you, Steve, uh, about the retail items. What what kind of retail items are at the Habercom? Yeah, the, the original idea was kind of have a urban farm store, uh, sell beehives and chicken coops and things like that. But uh, that's been harder to find during this time of COVID. So we have candles and a lot of uh, wild bird seeds and houses and feeders and uh, T-shirts and just a lot of kind of country-ish looking stuff. People compare us to Cracker Barrel, which I don't necessarily love or like uh, or, or dislike. Uh, I like Cracker Barrel, but uh, I would say that we're not really a Cracker Barrel. No. <laughs> just a few items here and there. Well, that's great. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Suzanne. We'll see you in a few minutes. I'll be down to see you soon, Steve, at the place. Uh, it's 2742 Lafayette. You are welcome, and thanks so much for being here on the show. This is Johnny Rabbit. We're here at KMOX today. Amy and Chris are not here. Suzanne Corbett is here, and uh, Ed Wheatley is going to be along a little later on, around 1130 or so, to talk about sports in St. Louis. Not just today's sports, but sports of the past. Uh, we'll talk about the St. Louis Browns Fan Club, which is very active, and the Hall of Fame luncheon coming up at the MAC. This is KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.